the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. It's the Nick T Podcast. How you doing? My name is Nick DiGilio. Welcome to the Nick T Podcast, an entertainment pop culture podcast right here at RadioMisfits.com, the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, the best podcast network in the world. Uh, you should check out all of the incredible, varying, entertaining, informative, funny, awesome podcasts that are available here at this podcast network, RadioMisfits.com. And please take the time to rate and review us all on every single platform that you go to. Leave your feedback, get your discussion going, get that conversation going, also at RadioMisfits.com. Hey, you want to be a sponsor Uh, with my podcast here, the Nick D Podcast? You can do that. We reach a lot of people. Unbelievably, this is a very popular podcast. Uh, So you can uh, can sponsor us or advertise with us. Sales at RadioMisfits.com. Drop them a note, say, hey, I would like to advertise. Sales at RadioMisfits.com. All right, it is episode 136. Yeah, 136 episodes. It's a Friday. Happy Friday. Happy weekend, everyone. Of course, it might not be a Friday when you're listening to this because it's a podcast. You can listen anytime you want. That's the luxury and beauty of it. Download, subscribe, spread the word, listen whenever you want. It's a Friday now, but it might not be a Friday when you listen to it, but maybe it's a Friday in your mind all the time because people enjoy Fridays. Would you like to be a part of the Nick T Podcast? You can do that. It's very, very easy. We have our voicemail systems open 24-7, which means anytime you have a hankering, anytime you want to make a comment, a suggestion, if you have a question, if you have a request for the Magic Megaphone message, which I speak into the Magic Megaphone, anything you want me to say, a joke, a statement, a question, scene from a movie, anything, I will say it because I am a monkey and I am here to serve you. But anyway, any voicemail message that you want of any kind, including a megaphone message, leave them. It's open 24-7. Let's hear from you. 773-417-6948. Send us an email anytime you want with questions or comments, any of that kind of stuff. Uh, Questions for our regular guests, by the way, uh, coming up. Uh, on the next episode, it's a For the People episode, which means Tom Appel is going to be here to talk cars, and Herb Weissbaum is going to be here to settle any computer issues, uh, computer <laughs> consumer issues that you have. You have questions for those guys or questions or comments of any kind, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. You can also write to the nickdpodcast at gmail.com and reach my other podcast, which is available here at Radio Misfits, and that is a podcast all about the greatest sketch comedy show of all time, Saturday Night Live. And it's called That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years, an SNL podcast. Once a week, every Wednesday, a brand new podcast drops. And it's all about Saturday Night Live and my love of it and my knowledge of it, which is vast and ridiculous. It's uh, the best Saturday Night Live podcast out there, and you need to check it out. So anyway, uh, my thanks to Jason Skaggs for doing all the weird stuff and the sounds and the music and all that cool stuff. And Ed and everybody at Radio Misfits as we continue with episode number 136. Uh, it is movie time, as it is every other week. Eric Childress and Steve Procopi join me. They are members of the Chicago Critics uh, Films Association, Chicago Critics 
Chicago Film Critics Association, of which I'm a member as well. And uh, Eric is uh, one of the producers, and Eric and Steve are both uh, programmers at the Chicago Critics Film Festival, which starts next week at the Music Box Theater. We'll give you a rundown on that. Spectacular stuff. Some really amazing things are happening. Brand new movies being seen for the first time. Programmed by film critics. It's the only uh, film festival in the country that's actually programmed by film critics. Us. So you'll get to hear all about that in the schedule and all the special guests and all kinds of great stuff happening at the Music Box starting on May 5th with the Chicago Critics Film Festival. We also have some new movies to talk about, including one that I think is possibly the best movie I've seen all year. So we'll talk about that. And Esmeralda, of course, joins me. Esmeralda Leon. we got a Magic Megaphone um, request to do. A bunch of other stuff. we got to catch up on some stuff. we got some voicemails and a couple of emails. And just chatting with Esmeralda Leon is the highlight of my day every time I get to talk to her. So Esmeralda Leon is going to be here. Eric Childers is Steve to review the movies and talk about the Chicago Critics Film Festival and much, much more. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. I know you do. By the way, uh, if you have not watched her show, which is streaming on Netflix now, a great political um, political show. It's also very funny and very informative and beautifully acted. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. You should check it out. It's called The Diplomat. It's on Netflix, and it's really, really great. Hi, I'm Carrie yeah, Russell, and I, know. I love Nick's show. I know you do, baby. Hey, we're going to be at Zany's uh, on May 16th. Get your tickets now. We do this once a month. Zany's in Rosemont. It's a great get-together. Be there. We're going to give away a whole bunch of cool prizes and ask some trivia questions. It's interactive. You will be a part of the show. We are taping it as a live podcast recording. We have comedian Jim Flanagan, who's going to join us, one of the funniest people on the planet. You'll get to know Jim and get a lot of laughs from him. And uh, Esmeralda's out of town, so the lovely, the incredible, the hilarious, and the beautiful Amy Guth is going to be joining me on stage. So... Me, Amy Guth, other co-hosts, will be on stage telling stories, interacting with you and making you laugh and you making us laugh. We'll give away a whole bunch of cool prizes. My dad will close the show. My 81-year-old dad will get up on stage, and he kills every single time, and he will tell jokes at the end of the show. It's a full, fun night. There are restaurants and bars all around uh, the area. It's very easy to get to. It's centrally located, Zany's in Rosemont. On Tuesday, May 16th, tickets are on sale now. Order your tickets now. Reserve your seats. We want to pack the place. We make this a monthly thing, and we want to keep this going every month. And in order to do that, we need a ton of people to show up. So everybody who is hearing this right now is going to show up on Tuesday, May 16th at Zanies in Rosemont. Get your tickets now, rosemont.zanies.com. Look for the Nick D Podcast Live. That's right, the Nick D Podcast Live. rosemont.zanies.com. Order your tickets now. And it's going to be a blast. And Jim Flanagan, by the way, one of the funniest people you'll ever see on stage. He's hilarious, and we'll talk to him and hang out with him. Um, it's just a great time. We have a blast, and, and we have a lot of regular uh, audience members who come out every month, and we want to increase that, uh, that crowd. So let's pack it. It's going to be great. I guarantee you, you will laugh your ass off. You'll, you'll have a great time. You'll be part of a live podcast recording, um, and it's going to be a blast. So Tuesday, May 16th, Zanies in Rosemont. 847-813-0484. That's the box office call. You can get your tickets now. 847-813-0484. Or just go to rosemont.zanies.com and uh, check out Nick D Podcast Live. Get those tickets for Tuesday, May 16th. It's going to be a great, great show. And you should be there. So let's pack the place and have a good time. All right. Uh, Eric Childress and Steve Procopi are the movie critics in the world. And they join me every couple of weeks to talk about movies. And we're going to do that right after I tell you that you need to be congratulated. Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D podcast. It's by far the best decision 
you've made today It makes the other podcasts seem like crap Oh yeah, don't be a jagoff And it is time for the movie reviews, as we do this every other week on the Nick D Podcast. Eric Childress, Deeper Copey, uh, both film critics, uh, both old friends of mine, uh, the Chicago Film Critic Association uh, members, as I'm, I am a member as well. And there is a, a big festival coming up. The Chicago Critics Film Festival is coming up, the Music Box, starting on May 5th. We'll dive into that and review some of the newer movies that are out, uh, as we do every time uh, we hear that theme. So let's say hello first to Eric Childress. Hello, Eric. Hello. And uh, Steve Procopi. Hello, Steve. Hello there. All right. Uh, before we get started, Eric, tell everybody uh, where they can read your stuff and hear your stuff and all that other stuff. Yes. Uh, so I have a couple of podcasts. Uh, the Movie Madness podcast uh, is a bi-weekly one that uh, we do uh, movie reviews every week. Steve Procopi joins me for that. Uh, and then we talk about uh, the latest in uh, Blu-rays and physical media with Peter Sibzinski. Uh, then uh, The Friendship Dilemma that I co-host with Morgan Geyer, and we talk about the way that uh, movies handle male and female friendships and whether or not they're going to go the romance angle or not. Uh, and I also do a box office column every week for Rotten Tomatoes. All right. All over the place. That's where you can see Eric and uh, Steve. What about you? Uh, in addition to the Movie Madness podcast with Eric, you can read my written reviews at thirdcoastreview.com. And uh, especially in the upcoming uh, couple of weeks, I'll be at the Music Box Theater quite a bit where I am the PR manager. All so. right. And we'll get to what's happening at the Music Box Theater starting on May 5th. Uh-huh. Uh, in a little bit. It's a big deal. It's the 10th anniversary, actually, of the Chicago Critics Film Festival. Um, and it runs through the 11th, correct? 5th through the 11th. That's right. Um, and we'll tell you all about the schedule and the special guests and some of the other really cool things that are happening at the fest. We'll get into that. But before that, we've got some new movies uh, to review. Um, and uh, we got a few here. Uh, and, uh, well, first of all... Um, Let's see. We're going to start with uh, uh, Steve. Uh Uh, Tell us about Sisu. Yeah, this is the latest from uh, Finnish-born writer-director Hamare Helender, who did a a really great movie a few years ago called Rare Exports. Um, He has done something very few few filmmakers have ever done, uh, which is make an entire film that is meant to define a word that has no direct English translation. It's as explained in the opening title, the word Sisu is sort of a uniquely Finnish concept that has sort of a mystical bordering on magical meaning that describes a level of power and determination and white knuckled courage, uh, but also like rational behavior in the face of extreme adversity. So that's, so you got to make a movie about that. So with Sisu, the movie, Hellander has given this word and its meaning a human face in a solitary prospector named Atami, uh, who's played by a regular in all, I think he's in all this guy's movies, uh, a guy named, an actor named Horma uh, Tomali, Tamiya, I guess is how you say it, who also happens to be the filmmaker's brother-in-law. He's married to his sister. So anyway, um, 
He lives on the outskirts of civilization. He's panning for gold in the final days of World War II. The German troops are pulling out, but they're sort of killing and burning everything that's basically in their way on the way back to the fatherland. So uh, including every village and civilian they meet along the way. Um, they waste. They want no witnesses to their atrocities and for good reason. Um, it's a great misfortune that Atami discovers this massive gold deposit and he loads up his donkey to take uh, it to the nearest town and he runs into German soldiers uh, led by an SS officer played by Axel Hennig, um, who lets the old man pass mainly because he knows that a few miles later the old guy's going to run into somebody that some other Nazis that are most definitely not going to be quite as dismissive. <laughs> Is that Eric's phone? Um, yeah. Anyway, um, so what we discover shortly about Atami is that he used to be a legendary commando who went by the nickname The Immortal, not because he couldn't die, but because he simply refused to. And every time someone tries to kill him, he hits back twice as hard with unimaginable fury, um, fueled various, by very specific and traumatic reasons, um, aside from the usual ones, but just because everyone hates Nazis. But anyway, before long, it becomes clear that he's a one-man killing machine who can take a pounding even more severely than he dishes it out. Um, and on a quest to retrieve his gold and save the lives of a group of Finnish women that are being held captive by the Nazis uh, in one of their trucks for unspeakable purposes. But anyway, despite this being a specifically Finnish story, um, the film is, is in English, uh, which is a bit strange, but you get used to it. The level of violence and brutality is off the charts in some cases. Uh, but since most of it is perpetrated by Atami, it's it feels more acceptable. Um, even more extraordinary and wonderful is that rather than simply free the women being held captive, uh, he effectively deputizes and arms them uh, to deliver a very special brand of justice upon the Nazis. Um, the stylish way in which the filmmaker shoots Sisu, I think, emphasizes the dirt and the filth and the generally unpleasant conditions of Finland uh, and illustrates how this anti-hero uses the landscape against his enemies. Um, it's savage and spectacular. And despite being uh, somewhere in his mid-60s, this actor is, is just a powerhouse delivering and receiving every manner of blow and wound and other physical abuses. Um, pain and suffering somehow fuels him, and we are sort of in awe of his brand of Sisu, uh, which seems to sort of set the tone for the nation at one point. Um, there's some great fight sequences, often featuring kind of like otherworldly qualities just because of, again, of the place. Uh, anyway, I, I think I think it has the goods. Uh, I think this one has the goods. It's a it's a great. Uh, I, I love this filmmaker for so even he made a movie called Big Game in between rare exports and this that wasn't as good, but but this I think this is a return to form to him. Okay. For him. Would, Eric? Uh, you know, anytime you've set a movie where you're just going to kill a lot of Nazis in very gruesome fashion, I am completely down for that. Um, I agree with Steve about uh, the, the filmmaker's other two films. I think Rare Experts, A Christmas Tale is just fantastic and I uh, was not particularly uh, thrilled with Big Game. And I'm sorry to say I'm not as thrilled with this one either. Uh, I think that, you know, the moment that uh, the first Nazi gets a, a knife through a skull, I was completely, you know, obviously sucked into it. And the, the carnage scenes that are on display, particularly early, uh, are a lot are fun and impressive. Uh, but the thing is, is that for me, there's a lot 
of downtime between the carnage on display and the carnage throughout the film even though it's only about a 90 minute movie uh gets very routine like there's not a lot of ingenuity i felt to sort of keep this afloat other than nazis gonna find this guy and then he's not gonna die and then he's going to inflict some damage on them and then the movie ends uh you know by the let the third act of it i'm just like this guy clearly just watched fury road a lot of times and is trying to match what that film did so brilliantly which is basically just this one long chase trek through the the desert uh with a lot of uh, captive women in tow i thought that they were not utilized up to their their best abilities um and by by the end of it i that wasn't really worn down i just i never reached a, a sort of a level where i was enjoying this and sort of like the level of like evil dead rise for example last week which i thought kept uh, a, a modicum of tension and kept the blood flowing at a regular basis to sort of keep my eyeballs pasted this one i just kept waiting for the carnage to happen again and there's just way too much in between space for me to fully recommend this one yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm with you, Eric, although I, I think I liked it more than you did. I didn't like it as much as Steve did. Uh, you know, I thought, I thought the carnage and, and the stuff that's on display is really well done and some really terrific stuff in it. But, uh, Eric, I'm glad you mentioned Fury Road because it reminded me of Fury Road a lot. And you don't want to remind somebody of Fury Road because you will inevitably not be as good because that's just a fact. Um, and there are things in it that I really loved. Um, um, and I find this filmmaker really interesting. I did not like Big Game. Uh, but Rare Exports is, I mean, it, you know, it's one of the best Christmas movies <laughs> ever made <laughs> and one of the most original and completely outlandish and fantastic pieces of filmmaking that I've ever seen. And I love that movie. Uh, and there are there are moments in this movie that uh, that show that it's clearly from the same guy, but there's a lot of downtime in between. So I, I, I agree with you, Eric, although I think it's worth seeing. I think you know, it's only an hour and a half and there's enough great stuff in it and enough really outlandish, crazy shit in it that I think people should should check it out. I, I don't think it's great by any stretch of the imagination, but it's a lot of fun in spots, and I think it's worth a it's worth a look. Uh, but it's not as good um, as uh, as rare exports. So, and uh, how it got a a, a a wide release, I I have no idea. <laughs> I, I have no no idea by being uh, by being in english that's how uh, yeah, right, <laughs> this is still, the, yeah i guess man all right well uh the next movie is a uh, uh slightly different <laughs> mm-hmm. and it is a film called polite society uh and uh eric why don't you uh this is from the woman who created a really terrific uh show a british uh, uh comedy series about an all-female band called we are lady parts which is on peacock and uh premiered on peacock a Two years ago, premiered in England uh, on like Channel Four or something in like 2018. So it's a little bit old, um, but I'm a big fan of it. I, I love We Are Lady Parts. I think it's great. And uh, the woman who put that together made this movie. It's called Polite Society. Eric, why don't you tell us about Polite Society? Yes, and the the director of the film, her name is uh, Nita Mansour, uh, and this I saw this back at uh, Sundance this year where it premiered, uh, and it stars uh, Priya Kansara as Ria, who is the, the youngest daughter of a Pakistani family living in London, and uh, her dream is to become a, a, a stunt performer. Uh, so she takes martial arts classes, and uh, she has a really uh, great relationship with her sister Lena, played by Rita Arya, uh, who videotapes uh, her routines and stuff and the hopes of you know 
you know striking gold in, in the stunt community um but the relationship between the sisters is tested a bit uh when her family uh goes to this big highfalutin party uh and it seems like her parents are kind of courting her towards uh, the son of the very wealthy uh, family, the very wealthy woman uh, who lives there uh, named Salim. Uh, and so next thing you know, she's engaged to be married to this guy. And uh, she, her uh, sister Rhea believes that maybe there's something nefarious going on with the family. How could her sister, who is this very independent woman, all of a sudden just fall all of a sudden for this guy? Uh, so she enlists her, her friends uh, to sort of dig up dirt on, on this guy, uh, which doesn't isn't as always successful as they might hope it be. Uh, so it involves a lot of scheming and almost like heist like scenarios and uh, some almost almost pseudo fantasy sequences where she starts beating the hell uh, out of people who get in her way. Um, so I mean the, the 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 framework and the structure of a story like this, uh, you know, almost is very sitcommy in a way that you know that there's something nefarious. You've seen this even in horror movies sometimes, where the the the, the fiance or the someone in love is you know a monster from outer space or something, and you got to prove it. Um, and that's sort of the part of the fun uh, of going through this because, like I said, it seems like they can't really find the actual dirt uh, on this guy. Uh, and then whether or not what we're seeing as far as the martial arts pieces are fantasy, reality, uh, the movie plays with that a little bit. Uh, I've gotten to the point where I don't care if something's reality or fantasy. I just take it as reality at this point. Uh, and that was one of the real joys of watching this movie. I think that the the leads, uh, the lead in the film is very engaging, very funny. The relationship between the sisters uh, felt very uh, real to me, and the, the all even the, all the stuff that felt sitcommy uh, had uh, some real. They had some real fun with it, uh, going so far as to crafting a plot that is really kind of so outlandish it feels almost like something out of a science fiction movie uh the the, the action sequences are very well done and a lot of fun uh and i i really had a really good time watching play society and i hope people check it out okay steve yeah i i mean we've seen films about sisterly bonds and parental disappointment but somehow filtering it through this you know british pakistani uh, lens gives it gives it like a new life and a new flair and there are like hints of things like bend it like beckham and scott pilgrim in this but again like filtering it through this really unique perspective uh just really made it like really spunky and really interesting and there's it, this is a film that like lives and breathes on its own charisma and the charisma of the leading actresses in this um i will say i was more when it was more just about the sisters and and when they were getting along and then not getting along in the first half i was definitely more tuned into the film then than i was in the sort of heist back half but even still like the whole thing is great and i love the actresses that played the parents uh, i love the best for the two best friends uh her friends clara and alba they're terrific um and yeah it's just it's just a it's a total blast and and the action sequences are hysterical we should mention that like ria has this dream of becoming a stunt woman and she even has like a stunt woman alter ego named the fury and she started reaching out to this real life british uh or maybe she's irish stunt woman um 
who we, you know, we get, she's emailing her for advice and just sort of updating her in her life. It's kind of like her excuse to, to give a little, give us a little, uh, uh, narrative, uh, and a little voiceover, but anyway, it, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's really colorful. Um, it's, it's not afraid to get a little down and dirty sometimes. So I like that. And, uh, yeah, it, it's, it, it's terrific. It's terrific. Yeah, I had a great time with it too. I thought it was really a lot of fun. It reminded me, I mean, there's a little bit of get out in this movie as well. Uh with what happens, you know, towards what this insane plot twist that happens. Uh which it, which by the way is so absurd and ridiculous that it has no business working, but I don't know, it works. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like if you were to tell somebody, and I don't want to give anything away, but if you were to tell somebody what really is going on what the actual plot subplot is involving the, the marrying, the, the arranged marriage and everything. You told them what this was all about. You'd be like, what, what, what is this? Uh, because it's completely like absurd, get out ish and sci-fi ish. And yet the, the, the way that this movie is established and the style in which it's done, uh, you buy anything, you buy it all. And a lot of that has to do with, um, with the with the main uh, actresses in this movie because they're all terrific. Uh, everybody in this movie is great. Uh, I wanted a little bit more of the father of of her father. <laughs> I, I like their father a lot. I don't know why he made me laugh a lot. Like just the dinner scenes where they're sitting at dinner and just like his reaction to stuff that's happening at the wedding and certain things that are happening at the party. I wanted a little bit more of him because he was cracking me up. Um, but all of the other, it's very female driven too. That's another great thing about it. It's very very female driven, which is. Um, Mansoor's uh, kind of style because this uh, this TV show, the uh, We Are Lady Parts, is very female uh, driven from a, a, a very specific female point of view, and I find that refreshing and funny, and um, and it's and it seeps into every part of the movie, um, and it's very funny. It's really well acted. It's charming. It's completely outrageous. Um, there is a wonderful like singing and dance number that happens <laughs> late in the movie that I thought was great. And, um, and yeah, I mean, it's just, it's outlandish and charming and fun. And, uh, it's a very weird movie to try and describe, but I had a great time watching it. And, uh, so that's polite society and, uh, that's out and, uh, and recommended by all three of us. I thought it was a, a, a pretty mm-hmm. terrific film. So there you go. All right. So that's, uh, that's polite society. Now, Eric, mm-hmm. you have not seen. Uh, the next movie that we're going to talk about, and that is I have not. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret, which of course is based upon the legendary Judy Bloom book, um, which has been around uh, uh, forever. Uh, you know, like around my generation, it's around my generations for for girls my age, and it's still and and generationally even beyond that. But when it first really hit, it hit around the same time that I was. 11, 12, 13, and the girls that I knew were 11, 12, 13. And this book was monumental. It was a life changer for people of that generation and of that time, and it's continued to, to, to be that. Everybody knows the book, I think. Many, mm-hmm. many people have read it. Uh, most, I think most women on the planet have read this book. Um, and everybody knows who Judy Bloom is, um, and they've finally made a movie out of it. And uh, Steve, why don't you tell us about it, and then uh, you and I will review it. And Eric, you need to see this movie as soon as possible. <laughs> I, I understand. Okay. So, uh, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Yeah. Speaking of forget forget polite society, this is the female driven film of the week. Um, no, this this is the, the beloved, best selling Judy Bloom classic. is It's finally come to the big screen. She hasn't really allowed any of her books 
to become movies and which is kind of shocking and, and a testament to her and just like her conviction and also people read books and also <laughs> like, yeah yes that and also it's a it's a testament to waiting and picking the right person because if there was ever a person yeah uh this kelly freeman craig if there was ever mm-hmm. a person who was absolutely meant to make this movie and adapt this movie it's her because her last movie and she hasn't made a movie since this her last movie was edge of 17 which is one mm-hmm. of the best coming of age movies ever made period end of story told from an incredible great female point of view um, and so, like, it just seems like it's got to be in the cards that this woman has to be the one. And I can oh, understand that, why Judy Bloom was like, yeah, you can make this movie. You know what I mean? Well, that's that's literally I mean, I, I interviewed the filmmaker and that's literally what happened. She wrote her a letter and she said, hey, I made this movie and Judy Bloom loved the movie. And uh, so, yes. And it didn't also didn't hurt that that the other that it's a two. She they came at her on two fronts. One was that the film was produced. Uh, by Craig's mentor, James L. Brooks. So yeah. that was sort of the one-two punch that got her to say yes. And yeah, this is just the classic story of growing up a, a young girl. And But it's also, okay, so that's that's sort of the the main thing. But then there are little like specific stories in here that I also found really engaging about Margaret Simon, who's played by Abby Ryder Forston, who people probably remember is from the... Uh, the first couple Ant-Man movies playing the uh, Scott Lang's daughter. Um, and she's, she's growing up with her, her parents, uh, Barbara played by Rachel McAdams and Herb played by Benny Safdie and hell who would have ever thought Benny Safdie would, would start to become like this really recognizable and pretty terrific actor in these last couple things he's done. But anyway, I'm gr- it was great to see him. I did not know he was in this when I sat down. She also gets a lot of influence. Uh, Margaret also gets a lot of influence from her, uh, her dad's mother, her grandmother, played by Kathy Bates. Um, and yeah, it's just so there isn't really like a single story pushing this thing through, but it, it is just these little uh, events like uh, there's something of a spiritual discovery going on in Margaret. She's trying out different religions. Um, there's something about sort of the fleeting nature of friendships. One of her friends uh, is a character named I think it's Nancy. Uh, played by L. Graham, who kind of turns into something of a bully, but she doesn't recognize it right away. But when she does, she kind of puts a little, she starts to like grow up a little and go, hey, maybe this person isn't isn't good for me and it's not going to turn me into the best version of myself. And then, of course, there's the just physical changes in Margaret that you just don't really get to see dealt with that much in movies about girls that are, I think she's supposed to be 12 in she's this? 11 and then 12, yeah. Okay, yeah, so... Yeah. So like like there's that the very famous sequence where they're trying to make their boobs bigger by doing a certain very famous exercise. And then there's I don't think I've ever been more invested in a young girl's first period than I was in this movie. So, um, yeah, I mean, we, we deal with those things. And much like in Judy Bloom's books, they are dealt with in a very mature and comfortable way. And then nobody's making jokes about it. Uh, well, they're making jokes a little bit about the boob thing, but anyway, but it's, um, yeah, it, it's just, it's just a terrific, like, and, and this, this, this actress forced in, is so good in this and so believable. And there is nothing like cutesy or kiddy kid. Like this not, this is not like a typical kid performance. Um, it is, it is timeless. It is relatable. Even the middle-aged white dudes like us, uh, we, you know, we we are invested. We are completely tuned into what is going on 
and generationally it makes no difference uh and i can only imagine what women of like any generation how they're going to respond to this so yeah i mean this this is this is damn near a perfect movie and, and at least as of right now one of the best things i've seen this year it's the best thing i've seen so far this year i was yeah. i absolutely loved it i loved every moment of it 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 has that great i mean listen this kelly freeman craig can't wait seven years for another fucking movie. She has to make more. She has to make a movie a year. I mean, that's it. Because like Edge of 17 is one of my favorite movies. And I absolutely adore that movie and everything about it. And she brings that sensibility to this. I have not read Judy Bloom's books. Um, uh, you know, I've, I know, obviously, it's ubiquitous in anybody's, everybody's life. And uh, if you know women, if you've ever known a woman, then you know Judy Bloom books because they're huge. Um, and, and it, I just was from, from the moment this movie started, uh, I was invested in it. Um, and, uh, it's, it's, it's a beautifully told, it's a simple story that every single person, not just girls can identify with because the movie is about growing up. It's about family. Uh, it's about growing up in a family that's, that's splintered. I mean, there's really powerful and beautiful and moving things about the relationship between this girl and her grandparents on her mother's side who are, you know, who haven't talked to the mother in years and this relationship she has with her, with her father's mother played by Kathy Bates. And the fact, I mean, the movie opens with them moving and which is a traumatic thing for anybody of that age to deal with. And on top of that, she's in a new school. She's in a new neighborhood. She lived in the city in New York. Now she's in the suburbs in Jersey where people just walk into your house after they invite you to, <laughs> after they invite you to run around in the sprinkler, then suddenly they're just walking through your house. You know what I mean? And all of that stuff, all of these massive changes that are happening to this girl who is about to turn 12 and who is going through these changes physically are going through all of these changes in familial ways and in ways of, of just like basic ways. And again, as you mentioned, her trying to figure out what is this religion thing for me? Because her parents, one, her father is Jewish and her mother is Catholic, but neither of them have forced any sort of religion onto her and gave her the freedom to do what she wanted to do. So there are sequences in the movie where she explores Judaism and she exploits explores Christianity in really intelligent but also hilarious ways. Um, and I mean, like the scene where she goes to temple, um, <laughs> uh, I mean, Kathy Bates is so, I mean, and Kathy Bates, I mean, please, she's amazing in it, but that goes without saying Rachel McAdams, it's like the best thing she's done in years. And you mentioned Safdie is great. And all the supporting performances are great, but the kids are the stars of this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, her friends are fantastic. Uh, you mentioned Ellie Graham, uh, Amir Alexis Price and Catherine, uh, Malin Cup are, are, her three best friends and their scenes together are magic. And this star making performance by Abby Ryder Fortson is, it's an astonishingly beautiful performance. Um, and you know, like you did, did you ever think anybody could convincingly say the line, are you there? God, it's me, Margaret, <laughs> because like she says it very early in the movie and you're like, God damn it. She pulls it off. Like it works. And this movie is, I just think it's very, very special. It's a beautiful, humanist kind of movie. Um, you know, James L. Brooks is the executive producer of this movie, the producer of it. And 
And you, his influence, his thumbprint is all over it. Just like, you know, the kind of stuff that Cameron Crowe used to do. In the, you know what I mean? There's, the, there's a real humanist, beautiful James L. Brooks quality to this movie. And it was, it was apparent in Edge of Seventeen, too. It's my favorite kind of stuff. Like, this is my favorite kind of thing. And when I saw, I was, Colin and I saw it, Colin Suter, our, our, our buddy Colin, we were late to the game. Everybody had seen, well, you haven't seen it yet, Eric, but it had been screened nope. like, it had been screened like four times by the time I saw it earlier this week. And Colin and I were sitting next to each other. And right at the beginning of the movie, you see the Gracie, you know, the Gracie Films logo with the, you know, and immediately when I saw that, I just, I giggled. I was like, oh, because I knew it was going to be fucking good. I knew it was going to be good. And I knew it was going to be humanist and beautiful and honest and funny. And that's exactly what it was. I loved every frame of this movie. I am a bordered, I'm, I'm going to be 58 in a couple of months. I am a man. I am a 58-year-old man. I loved every frame of this movie. I thought it was identifiable. I cared about it. I cried. I laughed. I was on the edge of my seat during things. I was thoroughly, unbelievably entertained by every single moment in this movie. It is wonderful. It's moving. It is everything that you want from a lovely humanist movie that you can identify with as anybody who's ever grown up. And on top of that, the characters in the movie, the main characters in the movie are about four years older than I was at that time. So all of the fashion, all of the like the basement party that they go to, the spin the bottle, the let's go into the closet for two minutes thing, all of that stuff with the clothes and all the art direction and everything is exactly the time period that I grew up in. So that's all added to it. But you don't have to be of that age because this is timeless. Anybody can love this movie. I, I can't even seriously. It's my favorite thing I've seen all year. I, and I didn't. Ex- I expected to like it. I was like, oh, this is cool. I'm really, you know, curious about this woman's second movie. I didn't expect to think it was just like astonishing, and it is. I, God, I loved it. So uh, two quick thing. Two quick things. Like first of all, Judy Bloom. The only thing that she insisted on was that it was still set in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Uh, she didn't want them to update it. Um, the other thing is if you don't like, like you and I, I've never read a Judy Bloom book either. However, um, last week, a film, a documentary showed up on yeah. prime, yep. uh, called Judy Bloom forever that I highly recommend. It gives you a nice overview of not just her, her books, but also some of the controversies about the books and her life. And it's, it's a good primer for this film. If you've never read her stuff, because it really does kind of dig into some yeah. of the, the more, well, I mean, they're, they're all popular, but like it kind of digs into each one and why, especially why Margaret was such a turning point. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I highly recommend the two together. And I watched it when I got home that night. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, watched it, I watched the documentary yeah. when I got home. Um, and, and also, I want to say. By the way, she seems like a lovely woman. Too, oh, my God. So. Yeah. And no, she, yeah. Was, she, she's, she's, she was on Kimmel uh, the other night. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it, you know, it's great. And, and also, I, I do want to mention this. At the screening that we saw, because it was at a press like screening thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, you know, it, there were obviously other people there. The public was there and stuff like that. But what they did was they showed this thing called My Margaret Moments, which people, which women are sharing. Uh, it's like a hashtag, I think, Margaret, my Margaret moments, hashtag my Margaret moments. And a bunch of people, including celebrities, 
um, told their stories about, you know, like women getting their first period and buying their first bra <laughs> and how the movie really, or not, the, I'm sorry, the book really like became a Bible for them. Like they carried it around. It became their favorite thing of all time. And these stories were so inspiring and fun to listen to. And like to see somebody like Gillian Jacobs go, yeah, I got my first period when I was 13 and the book helped me through it. And to see, you know, like all of these celebrities and people who weren't celebrities, just everyday women who were affected deeply by this book, um, it was moving and it was lovely to see that. And that was before the goddamn movie even started. I was like, oh man, Mm -hmm. you know, and then the movie started and then it was like, oh, you saw all these great, you know, testimonials. And then, you know, the Gracie, Gracie films logo came up and I went, oh, cool. And then half an hour into the movie, I'm like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. And, um, (laughs) it's just great. It's just great. And this girl, I'm telling you, this Abby Ryder Fortson is unbelievable. It is an incredible performance. One of the best young, you know, teen performances I've ever seen and and gets and she gets great support from everybody around her um I you know I I posted something on Facebook where I said look this is a plea to the American movie going public if you assholes can spend a half a billion dollars going to see that goddamn Super Mario Brothers movie the least you can do is spend half that money on this you know what I mean like please Jesus anyway so So it's Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, based on the Judy Bloom bestseller. Everybody knows it, and uh, it's it's one of the best movies. The best thing I've seen so far this year. So far, it's my favorite movie of the year. So, Eric, I can't wait for you to see this thing. I'm seeing it this afternoon. Yeah. Well, I, you're going to – it's so goddamn good. Anyway. <laughs> all right. So, uh, you know, uh, Polite Society – well, the, 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 the movies about women growing up are the movies that worked this week, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. <laughs> So there you go. And isn't that weird? Like a really violent guy movie. Like I was like, eh, all right. But the two, the, the, the two, but the two movies about girls growing up oh. are uh, are pretty. And both of them, by the way, feature like someone putting their life on hold as an artist. Both of them have yeah. that, which mm. is kind of strange. Mm. Like you're like, oh, I'm gonna paint. No, I'm not. I'm gonna do this other stuff. I don't know. I found that kind of strange. But anyway, uh, all right. All right, now, uh, these movies open up this weekend, uh, but uh, coming up on uh, next week, on May 5th, uh, which we will uh, we'll, we'll be in the middle of, not, uh, that's our week off for you guys, uh, the Chicago Critics Film Festival, which began 10 years ago, is beginning at the Music Box Theater. It runs May 5th through the 11th. Eric, tell us about it and what you're looking forward to, and why don't you, we'll each go back and forth on some of the things that you're looking forward to screening-wise and guest-wise and special stuff-wise. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, this is the tenth year we've been doing this, and I guess I can't believe <laughs> I can't believe where the time is going. And I can't believe that we've managed to continue this for for ten years. And it's, just, it's a testament to everyone that works on it, uh, and all the help that we get at the music box as well. That uh, and and just the audience in general for showing up and your support last year, Nick was we were really thrilled with. Um, and this well, you're year get, you're getting you know, it again this year, so you know. I know I know we are. <laughs> I absolutely know we are. Um, and uh, and and we got some really special things planned for this year. Um, and, you know, every year we like to, you know, we hope to sort of kick things off uh, with something that uh, the audience is really going to be pleased with, uh, particularly by the end of it. And we have we have something really terrific uh, starting this year. It's a movie called Blackberry. Uh, and, it, you know, you might not think that the story of the invention of basically the first smartphone, more or less, the, the, the phone that the, the cell phone that was also uh, used for texting and emails and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you might not think that that would be uh, something worthy of dr- dramatization, but it's actually been turned into this really 
funny uh, comedy by uh, director Matt Johnson, who is going to be there in attendance opening night. Um, Jay Burishall, uh and uh, Glenn Howerton from It's Always Sunny, uh, who gives a performance that you just will not see coming. His performance in this movie is just so hilarious and brash and loud it is it is amazing uh and matt johnson uh who plays the third lead is, is pretty terrific as well it's so funny it's a, a, such a smart script uh people who are in that realm who liked air this year and in the social network and steve jobs it belongs in that category of, of greatness i think uh so that's where we're kicking things off with blackberry mm. on uh, friday may 5th Okay, and that's at 7 o'clock. Uh, and by the way, uh, single tickets are all available, right? Everybody can get their tickets now yes. for mm -hmm. everything we're talking about. Single movies, you can get passes, all that stuff. You just go to musicboxtheater.com. Check out Chicago Critics Film Festival. Again, May 5th through the 11th, all the tickets are available. Uh, and I'm, uh, I'm going I'm, – well, I'm going to be there every night. Uh, but, uh, Steve, anything <laughs> in particular that you are uh, looking forward to? Yeah, on our uh, on our second night, we have a film that played really well at Sundance called Birth Rebirth. That's the, that's the one I'm most looking forward to. Yeah, that's directed by Laura Moss, who is going to be there for a Q&A afterwards. Um, really smart, uh, kind of a mix of sci-fi and horror, although it does lean into the horror a little uh, a little more. But I, I think it just, it, it just felt like such a, a great idea, an interesting take on, I guess, what is technically a zombie movie. Um, about a, a a woman whose daughter dies, and she meets a uh, a researcher who is actually working on something to bring back uh, inanimate objects, and or I should say, just recently dead uh, people, and or, or anything really. Yeah, there's a pig in it that uh, is suspicious, but anyway, uh, <laughs> the two women kind of the two women kind of combine their efforts both medically and then just as caregivers, because um, one of them's a nurse, one of them's a doctor. And they kind of make this experiment work, but it just takes some really interesting, icky turns. And uh, yeah, it just, just, it just, it's, I've never seen anything quite like it. And I'm just really impressed with Laura Moss. This is her debut. This is her like feature debut, right, Eric? I think. Um, yes. Yeah. They, she she they, actually they, won the they, audience yeah, award. Yeah. Right. 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 So, anybody? Yeah, Laura Moss, definitely a name to to, to look. And she's going to be. And she's going to be there. And she's going to be there for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. On Saturday. Birth, rebirth, yeah. that's on Saturday the 6th at 7.15. Uh, uh, there are uh, some other, like you guys are doing um, some anniversary. You, you, you guys screen stuff, uh, uh, you know, in, in honor of the anniversary of certain things. Like last year, you guys showed Boogie Nights uh, in 35. This year, you guys are doing, on Monday the 8th, uh, you're showing the right stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, at 7 o'clock on Monday the 8th. In 35. Uh, and Eric, I know that this is one of your favorite movies of all time. I actually saw it with you uh, in Grant yes. Park one time. Uh, we did. Me, my ex-wife, uh, you, and Colin. Right. And there was nobody there. You remember how there was no... <laughs> how the hell was it possible that there was like hardly anybody at Grant Park to see that magnificent movie out on a big screen? How, why? I, I, I honestly couldn't, re couldn't remember how many people were there or was, not. No. Was it, it was, dead? Was a, it was dead. It was dead. Uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of goose shit all over the uh, <laughs> all over Grant Park. I remember that. I remember having to like scoop goop shit around so that we could lay our blankets out. Um, uh, but it was weird because it was like a last minute thing. I don't know who sponsored it. I can't remember who sponsored it, but yeah. it wasn't part of the regular Tuesday night. Remember they used to do the Tuesday night right. series. Yes. It was not part of that. 
and it was like an off night. And there yeah. weren't that. And I'm like, how the hell is this? Not, how are there not thousands of people sitting outside on a summer night to watch one of the best movies ever on the big screen? I mean, I, but it's yeah, an amazing film. I, amazing. It's an amazing film. And it's one of the films that I, I mean, I think in 10 years of doing this, it's the film that I'm just most excited to have at the festival, just because it is one of my all time favorite movies. And uh, to see it in 35, which I haven't uh, done, I, I don't think that screening we saw at Grand Park was in 35. I no, don't I, think think it was, was. I think it was DCP, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so not since 1983 that I've seen this movie like this. And to see it at the music box is going to be a thrill. So, yeah, I, I cannot wait to, to see that and introduce that movie. Yeah, it's a great it's a great film. So that's a real cool one. And you guys yeah. are, yeah, go ahead. I was, I was gonna say, interestingly enough, both of the both of the anniversary screenings were playing the right stuff, and then on the opening night, we're playing uh, Dark City. Um, were Roger Ebert's favorite movies of those two years, really? which we did yeah. not plan. We didn't do that on really? purpose. Wait a minute, <laughs> it just Dark, turned out, yeah. Dark City was his favorite movie in 1998. Yeah, number one. Oh yeah, you don't Jesus remember that? Jesus Christ! No, <laughs> he's got a commentary on the Blu-ray for. Yeah, Pete's I don't sake. remember. I, I saw that movie and I kind of forgot everything about it. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I remember. I, I remember that uh, Kiefer Sutherland wears glasses and he's a nerd. That's the <laughs> only does. thing. That's the he only does. thing I remember about that movie. Yeah. But a lot of people love it. It's the twenty. What is it? Twenty fifth anniversary. Twenty mm-hmm. fifth anniversary yeah. of Dark City in thirty five, and that'll be uh, Friday night at midnight after a film that I'm really looking forward to called Sanctuary, um, which we get to see because that opens up in a couple of weeks after uh, you guys uh, are going to mm-hmm. screen that one. Uh, you got yeah. uh, Paul Schrader's latest movie, um, Master Gardener. Tell, tell us yeah. a little bit about that one, Eric. Well, that's it's Joel Edgerton, uh, who is plays this guy who is, as the title says, is a master gardener. And he works for uh, a benefactor played by Sigourney Weaver, uh, who uh, has him around and tends to her gigantic garden and whatnot. And he has a, a crew and there's a, a new woman uh, who gets brought uh, in, into his crew and he sort of mentors her in the way of gardening. But uh, there it is a Paul Schrader film. So it is uh, not all just about plants and flowers. No, uh, there, there is uh, there is a past to Edgerton's character. No. Uh, yeah, which uh, you could probably guess what it is just by his haircut. Um, I'll just say that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and it leads to, well, I'll just say, you know, Schrader yeah. fantastic Schrader. stuff. No, and it's, it, yeah, yeah, it's it's a, it's the kind of film, like if you've seen his last two movies, First Reformed and Card Counter, that it makes for a very interesting yeah. trilogy in that yeah. they're all very much in the same kind of realm uh, you know, but it's solid yeah well here's the thing i mean schrader rules not always but yeah. in the in lately he's on a he's on recently a, he's, on, he's a on a tear he's on a yeah. tear uh but when he's when he's great he's great and he's made this movie like six times uh yeah. or he's either written it or he's written and directed it uh he likes to yeah. do the same thing but you know what when uh when it works fuck it it works you know what i mean like yeah i don't care <laughs> i don't care yeah. that paul schrader's made the same kind of movie like four times if they're yeah, great, and, I don't care. <laughs> and this one does, and you get to see Edgerton and Weaver with some fantastic scenes together. And yeah. yes, there is a diary. Just no. so people, you know, just so you know. <laughs> All <Yes>. right. <laughs> oh, Schrader, I love him. Crazy bastard. Uh, okay, who? what are some of the other... Uh, Steve, what else are you looking forward to? A couple of other things that you're looking forward to? Actually, yeah, one I'm looking forward to because I haven't seen it is a movie called Past Lives, um, directed by... Uh, Writer director Celine Song, who who will be there for a Q and A, um, and I, I bring this up mainly because it was one of the most talked about films out of uh, out of Sundance. It's our I think it's our only A twenty four title, so 
that right. probably means a lot to a lot of people. And um, it is the only, it's the film that is probably in the most danger of selling out before we screen it. So if people want to see that movie and apparently people do, because like on the first, in the first 24 hours, we sold a shit ton of tickets. Um, why, why yeah, I would, I would, I would recommend. Why, uh, why is well, it selling so well? Uh, well, a, just the word, the word out of Sundance was tremendous. Okay. Um, but, but also I think it's, again, like it's a, it's a, the, the two, the two main characters are, um, like Asians and, and I, much like when we played the farewell a few years ago, that oh, okay. yeah. film sold out very quickly because and, it's and, just like, and a 24, a 24 has a reputation. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yes. But they haven't really started promoting. I mean, they put out a trailer that made people cry for this movie. So, um, so yes, it, but I'm saying it, it's like, it's still as much as, as Asian or Asian American or just Asian filmmaking in general is definitely having a moment right now. And thank goodness. Cause there's a lot of great stuff coming out. Yeah. Um, they're, they're still fairly underrepresented. And so, uh, so yes, it, I think that, that the audiences are very loyal to these films and, right. um, yeah, so it, it's, it, it, but I mean, I, I, I haven't looked at the names of the people <laughs> that have bought tickets, so I don't know if that's actually who's buying right, these tickets, right, but right. it's just, there's just a lot of positive, okay. uh, advanced word about this one. So, so that's past yeah. lives, seven o'clock on the ninth, uh, past yeah, lives, seven yeah. o'clock on the ninth. All right. And, uh, your closing night. Oh, wait, before we get to the closing night. Uh, I mentioned Colin Suter. He programs, uh, he does the shorts f uh, programs mm -hmm. for you guys. Yes. And he's got two shorts programs, uh, one on Saturday at 1145 a.m. And then one uh, before the right stuff on Monday the 8th at 5. Yeah. Um, and uh, w what can you tell us about some of the shorts that, uh, and I know that Colin's got, I think he's got one or two guests coming in uh for those for those screenings as well but right these are sh these are uh, presentations that colin does he introduces them and he picks them he's watches like hundreds of short films all year and then whittles them down to two programs that he that he hosts uh, at the festival so uh do we do we know about some of these shorts that he's showing or yeah, I mean, these are obviously, there's also shorts that have played uh, all these other festivals uh, and whatnot. And I mean, there's, to me, there's no one putting together shorts programs the way Colin does and the way that he, I mean, he puts them together like an album. You know, he puts, he, he, he packages things together. He's very specific about each one. Um, and there's, there's some really great stuff in, in some of these. There's one called The Vacation uh, that uh, was a Sundance Award winner about a family that goes on vacation, but the car won't start. So they end up taking the vacation in their car. Um, <laughs> and uh, I mean, there's a number, I mean, those are the types of things that Colin loves, loves to play. Yeah. Um, and he's got, uh, you know, some, uh, I think he's got some animated stuff and he's just, yeah. He, no one puts things together the way and Colin Cal does. Colin has a Colin Suter has a love for short films. He's made a bunch of great ones too. Um mm -hmm. and so like it's it's in his blood. And he always does it and he hosts it and he does a great job hosting it. And he's got uh, a couple of guests coming in too. So if you want to see some of the hello, if you want to yeah. see some of those shorts, uh the shorts program is 11:45 a.m. on Saturday the 6th. Jesus. Somebody somebody get that? And then no, uh, the other one okay. is on Monday. Uh, on Monday uh, the 8th at 5 p.m. before the right stuff. That's the shorts. Now, your closing night movie, Eric, tell us about Theater Camp. Um, so you're opening, yes. with a, you're opening with a comedy and you're closing with a comedy. Yes. Uh, we, we love to do that uh, as well. Yeah, you did that and, last year. Uh, 
We, we did. Uh, yeah. You didn't like it, but I we, didn't we like did either it. of them. Yeah, uh, I didn't, yeah. <laughs> two of Nick's favorite movies. Yeah, yeah they were. They were That's <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, I think. I, well, I think we're gonna have a better track record this year with Nick right. on the opening and closing movies, uh, particularly Theater Camp, uh, which is an extension of the short uh, that uh, was done with uh, Molly Gordon and yeah. Ben Platt. Um, and the movie, the which, movie, the movie is, a, which well, I've seen a, by yeah, the way. I've seen the short. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's great. Um, and it's just, and, and it's, it's really just sort of a jumping off point yeah. uh, for for this feature, which is about this uh, theater camp for kids that's put on by a number of you know, sort of millennial uh, uh, theater people who just love to teach them and and do you know, create uh, plays for them. <laughs> right. uh, and it's about the the the. The mother, the, the person who owns the theater camp has a stroke and her son, who is sort of a ne'er-do-well influencer type guy, tries to take over and manage the thing. So you have the all of that going on with the staff trying to get through the next season of theater camp and hiring some people, including uh, Ayo Adabari uh, from uh, The Bear, uh, the yeah. TV show here in town, who is hilariously clueless about what it takes to be someone teaching theater. And uh, th- I mean, this movie I saw uh, from out of Sundance and I'm telling you, Nick, there's not a minute that went by that. I wasn't laughing my yeah. head off uh, yeah, and, and just a line of dialogue, a song uh, yeah. reaction in the background. It is so funny. Well, I've seen the I've seen the, the short that it's based on and it's great. And I'm, this is right up my alley. I did theater yeah. for 20 fucking years. So uh, those kind of things. <laughs> Those kind of things yeah. I know, I, you know, Steve, you've seen it and, uh, and you, you think it's great too. I have, I think, you know, the, the most impressive thing about it to me was the, it all, it's all working up to this big final performance as you might expect, yeah. like, uh, that, that you never believe is going to actually come together and it comes together so beautifully. I was like taken aback by the, like the big final production. Yeah. Uh, Cause you're just like, Holy crap. Yeah. And they somehow managed to harness the chaos into something really beautiful and yeah. moving and, and not particularly funny, but just perfect. And yeah. I, I will also mention the, the other movie we're playing on closing night is a movie called starring Jerry as himself, which is one of the most bizarre documentaries you are going to see maybe ever. Um, I cannot recommend it enough. Uh, it is so unique and and I know that, like, I am one of those people that I'm not a huge fan when a documentary dives into recreations, but this movie, it's almost there's almost no choice. But even that, even the way they do the recreations is phenomenal and very different mm-hmm. um, and not in any way uh, manipulative or anything. It's it's so good. I can't wait to, for you to see it. OK. Um, All right, cool. Anyway, yeah, it's a it's a great like one two punch on closing night. So. And uh, and we haven't even uh, you know, we've barely scratched the surface. There's so much more. How many movies yeah. total? Twenty something. How many uh, are you doing total? Yeah, uh, the 20. I think there's 22 features in the two shorts programs. Uh, okay. I think that's that's where we're at this year. There yeah. All right. And it starts May 5th, goes through the 11th. It's all at the beautiful Music Box Theater on Southport. Get your tickets now. There are passes available single tickets available uh there are going to be many more guests than we've even mentioned your big opening night your big closing night everything in between uh i'm going to be there every night 
I, you know, like I was last year, and, and I'm looking forward to it because you guys do such a great job with that, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, and yeah, so check it out, musicboxtheater.com. Get those tickets for the Chicago Critics Film Festival 10th anniversary, and congratulations, you guys, on 10 years. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you, man. And, Thanks. Uh, and I will see you guys. You get sick of me. You just uh, <laughs> just punch me in punch me in the mouth at some point, and it'll be, uh, and I'll walk away. We'll just be it'll hanging be. at the front all exactly. Week. That's yeah. what we'll be doing. <laughs> right. So all right, uh, thank you guys, uh, and again, uh, Eric, you got to text me when you see uh are you there god um i first person i will text jesus christ it's so good okay uh all right steve eric thank you guys and uh you guys are going to be off we're normally uh in two weeks we're going to be uh we're going to take a break because you guys are going to be at the music box all week you're going to need a little Mm -hmm. rest so we'll be back like right before memorial weekend we'll have a lot to talk about then sounds good you're ready for little mermaid oh god all right thank you on that note all right steve thanks Uh, eric thanks see you later see you guys there you go all right there's eric there's steve they know movies we'll talk more with them but check out the chicago critics film festival may 5th through the 11th an amazing festival put together by my friends musicboxtheater.com hey it's esmeralda leon esmeralda yeah esmeralda leon yeah Hi, Esmeralda. Hello. How are you? I am doing great. Good. That's a <laughs> lovely, lovely thing to hear. What's happening for the weekend? Anything uh, going on for you? Um, no. I have to. Uh, I I have a a mission. It's not really a mission. It's a gig. Of uh, I'm uh, dog sitting this lovely dog. His name is Porter. He's a big old like pit bull bulldog mix he's just oh, a big man. old sweet dog and he's deaf <laughs> oh he is for real yeah he's uh, very sweet how does that work how, how do you what do you in order to like so the dog can't so the dog does not get to you walk this dog by the way mm-hmm. yep does the dog so that so the dog obviously doesn't get distracted at least orally right no yeah he like it, when he hears other dogs, he doesn't hear them because he's deaf. Because he's deaf. Oh. <laughs> so you got to keep a track on. You got to like if there's a car coming and you can hear it. You got to you know, hey hey. You I mean yeah, we it. don't. It's it's uh, his leash isn't very long either. So how long does it take for a, you find out a dog is deaf? Oh, that I have no idea. I wonder he's apparently long... been deaf since birth. So yeah, but I wonder how you find that out. You know what I mean? Like hey. I mean, I guess because especially puppies they're very um like if they hear noises or they hear you talking or they usually they respond quite quickly yeah and they react so i'm assuming he was you know they're yelling at him and he's not even turning (laughs) just sitting there yeah poor dude poor little dude oh man porter that's a great name by the Mm -hmm. way that is a great name holy cow can he very sweet does he does he bark he does and yeah. loud. 
That's all. Oh, of course, because he can't he hear doesn't it. know. He doesn't know. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, I like Porter. Oh, man. And you're going to dog sit with Porter? That's cool. Yeah. So he bar- when he barks, it's just kind of this like, raw, raw. Because yeah. <laughs> he has no he has no volume. Right. He doesn't right. know. That's awesome. Oh, Porter rules. Yeah. He's oh, very man. he's a very sweet dog. Um, He's older, so he's a bit stubborn. He's a little old man. Yeah. Not really oh, little. He's he's a pretty big dude. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he's very sweet. I've never and met he Porter. Knows... Uh, mm-hmm. He's he's now my favorite dog. I've ne- <laughs> I've never met him. <laughs> he knows some sign language. Come um, on. Just because they have to. I mean, I don't think it's official sign language, but <laughs> they have they have you know sign language for him. So there's you know there's. Um, for walk and for eating, for going outside, for going to bed. So like when you go, when he goes to sleep, we have to, um, the bedroom is on the second floor and he has to, they, we have to bring them up. He, we have to bring him up there. I have to bring him up there. He won't go on his own. <laughs> what? You have to essentially escort him to bed. <laughs> now, does he, does he now, I mean, you is this your first time house sitting or dog sitting for Porter? No, I've done oh, it before. Okay. So, so does he get like it, it, you, you? Remember when you were a kid and your parents were like, "Hey, it's time to go to bed," and you were like, "No," mm-hmm. you know, you didn't want to go. Does no, Porter well, do that? see, I, I've no from this from all this dog sitting I've done, I realized that dog people tend to go to bed very early, <laughs> and I do not. <laughs> so right. I, I'm. I usually keep the dogs later than they're probably used oh, to. Oh, right. Okay. So the the time when I was dog sitting him, when I would give him the sing the signal to time for bed, he was usually ready. <laughs> He's like, Yes, let's go. <laughs> what's what's the signal? So the signal is you do so like prayer hands and then you put them to your head and then you like you're you know, like when someone's like, like you're sleepy like you're going to your nappy their... Yeah, nappy time when yes. you when you put yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So you do that and he know like That's amazing. He usually would get up and be ready and then start the little routine of what we needed to do which was he would he would get a a meal so he gets he he eats like eight times a day (laughs) of course he does no joke he um something about his esophagus like he can't eat too much in one sitting so they kind of have to break it down and since he's a big dog he has to eat he eats a lot um so he gets a meal of chicken just like cut up chicken and rice with some like powder stuff that they put on it and a little water. And then like, that's what he eats. So he gets a meal before bed. They told me like he has essentially like trained them to feed him just before bed. Mm-hmm. So he gets like a little midnight snack type of deal. And then he goes to bed. Um, Yes. And then he goes outside, he goes to the bathroom, goes out to the yard and then comes back and then up to bed. Wow. Now does he have yeah. like a special bed upstairs? Yeah, their bed. <laughs> oh, he sleeps with them. Oh, I see. Yeah, so I have to sleep. So I sleep in their bed with him, and he's just like he is a whole, whole ass man. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> essentially, that I'm sleeping. With, yeah, sleeping next to. Wow. And he snores. He's yeah. It's pretty. What are funny. the other? What are the other signs that you that you do for Porter? Like you do the Betty time thing, so the the two hands. Yes. Yeah, so there's he... for good boy. Good boy's thumbs up. Okay. <laughs> That's uh, really good boy. Really good boy is like thumbs up, but then you like um, up and down. Right. So up and down thumbs up is really good boy. Um, 
to have him so for walking is just an open palm and then you just do with your fingers like a walk like a little gotcha. person walking um eating is um i think similar to sign language which is so again open palm and then you like a, with your other hand are scooping um, something into your mouth yeah kind of like you're thing. scooping yeah. Yeah, yeah uh something in your mouth and then he completely he knows he'll look at you and if he's in the other room and you're doing that he will come he will come a running because he knows what it means essentially i mean he knows wow. what it means that's his wow. language that's amazing um there's calm down uh which is just like your hands open and you're kind of just up and down with your hands yeah like you know like down. if yeah. you see like, someone you're like yeah, hey calm yeah. down Hand, hands flat a, like i got gotcha. you yeah facing down like uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah same yeah, yeah. so yeah same thing for him there's also um if he's playing too rough there's gentle which is so you you're with your one hand and then you you kind of um you brush your other hand with onto your so got, yeah your your left hand your right hand kind of brushes your your left hand. I gotcha. And that's gentle. Yeah. In a gentle manner. I gotcha. Wow. <laughs> and he gets it's funny to see him because sometimes, um, if he because he barks, and that's just kind of his communication, but to kind of calm him down, you do you say, "Hey, chill out, chill out," mm. and he will kind of look at you sometimes like, oh, like be a little offended. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, he's yeah. just like. Oh, me calm down <laughs> yeah yeah so wow, it's, that's it's amazing. cute it's cute yeah. to see him react to things well have in fun that with manner. porter that sounds like a fun weekend yeah. hanging out with porter the deaf dog that's that's yeah. very cool oh and then you do you do an okay symbol if everything is okay so like if he's now, barking it, at you and like he thinks something's wrong no you go everything's okay oh i see okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you could do okay and then calm down okay calm yeah down. yeah Calm right. down. Okay, everything's All okay. Right. All right. Wow, that's that's incredible. All right, Porter, the yeah. deaf dog, is my favorite. Porter, dog. the deaf dog. <laughs> now, you have to take a picture of Porter and, and send it to me, okay? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I want to see. I want to see what Porter looks like. Because I, I, he's I don't very know. he's a very big dude. He's, he's very big, sweet he's though. Fantastic. All he right, actually well, has he has um he has a a collar. He has two separate collars. One is just bright orange and says, I am deaf <laughs> and has his phone number on it. Uh -huh. um, and on that, I, it's that one or the other one, the leash collar. But uh, one of them has a, um, what's the, the little metal things? The tags. He has a tag that yeah, says, I am, I am deaf. I am sweet. <laughs> I am deaf. I am sweet. <laughs> yes. Because if someone, yeah, if he were to get lost, you know, people would probably, yeah, because he's a big guy, and then he's gonna be barking probably, right, right. But if they yeah. find his collar, they see that the collar, so then they know it's like, oh, he's okay. Yeah, well, it, I mean, how often do you come across a deaf dog? You know what I mean? That's yeah. that's the thing. Like, if you see a dog astray, you're not gonna think the dog is deaf. You know, that's like right. That's like the and last then he just thing, barks. You know. Yeah, and yeah. then the fact that he just barks, and that's just kind of what he does. It's just him communicating. He really yeah. doesn't. He, we were walk. I was walking him recently, and there was just a person, and he just Rawr! Yeah. And the person <laughs> and was I'm like, just "What's like, sorry? <laughs> like, sorry, the dog's just, deaf. He's, he's, he can't hear himself. He's yeah. just <laughs> communicating. He's yeah. not really. Yeah. 
aggressively uh, doing it. So that's yeah, pretty cool. they have a little tag that says, I am deaf. I am that's sweet. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> All right. I enjoy Porter. We have to get a picture of Porter. Maybe we can put it up on our uh, Instagram or on our Facebook uh, uh, pages. Maybe yeah, for can, sure. Maybe people can see what Porter looks like. <laughs> All right. Ah, well, cool. That sounds like kind of a fun weekend, actually. So there you go. Hey, a uh, quick email uh, update, Esmeralda. Mm-hmm. Mike sent an email uh, that says, Hey, Nick, the imitation Chuck E. Cheese place in Norwich was called Go Bananas. Oh. So wait, it was never a Chuck E. Cheese? No, it was like a second-rate Chuck E. Cheese. It was like an oh. imitation Chuck E. Cheese. And it was called Bo- Go Bananas. And then he, this is exactly what he wrote. He, this is Mike. Thank you, Mike, for the, for the email. Um, by the way, if you want to send emails anytime you want, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, it says, the imitation Chuck E. Cheese place in Norwich was called Go Bananas, and then a long space, and it just says, so many fights. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know what's funny? I just did a search, and yeah, they heard it, Go Bananas, permanently yeah. closed. Yep. Um, yep. Let me see. They might, their website, oh, wow, their website is still up. It is. Someone is paying for this website. Well, maybe it's a different. Lo- maybe they have a different location. Maybe they have other locations. The, uh, the one no, no, just that one. It's still the same one. That's funny. <laughs> it's not there. Paying for this. It's not there. You can go banana. You can get bananas for a dollar now. There. You can. But you, yeah, <laughs> you can't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because it's a dollar store now. But wow, you can see. Oh my goodness. What? What's they going had on? a. They had a uh, a roller coaster in there. Oh uh, yeah, like a little kitty roller coaster. That yeah, went the, yeah, I'm just yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't think that's a lot of room. Yeah. Wow, yeah. rides and games. I will tell you this: the website is uh, pretty basic. Yeah. A bit of a Comic Sans. Ah. Uh, <laughs> okay. So is it on? It's, is it on? Uh, uh, is it on Netscape Navigator? Is it? Uh, is it on? Is it, not it, not to that not, point, not, but like okay. it's a little. Is it AOL members only? <laughs> GoBananasFun.com. Yeah, man, go bananas fun. Hold on a second, we gotta get the year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah that sounds copyright like twenty fifteen. Oh, of course. Of course. Well, it's someone's so still paying for still it, right? Up. I mean, it's still I know. Up. That's what I'm like. You should probably get your money back if you're. Wow. That's what it is. I'm an adult. That's right. So, but yes, yeah, so many fights is what the. So. They have over 400 five star reviews. Oh, really? All by, <laughs> yeah, all by Mr. Bananas. Uh, Mr. Bananas I'm himself uh, left. Curious, over. like who's. Oddly, Porter left those, uh, those positive. Yeah. <laughs> He got paid, you know. It was Porter who did that. Making oh, some money. wait, hold on. Maybe it was. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. Hi, Carrie. Oh, she's wearing a Go Bananas t-shirt. I, uh, what, oh, wow. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I oh. love Nick's show. Oh, okay. Hey, by the way, everybody's, a lot of people are watching her show, That Diplomat on, uh, Netflix. That's doing good. Well, doing well. She was just on Jimmy Kimmel last night and was adorable, and. She told a couple of Felicity stories, and I almost cried because mm. she was telling Felicity stories. It was lovely. So anyway, uh, all right. So uh, so if you, if you want to look at the website for Go Bananas, that's cool. You can't visit it unless yeah. you want to go to the dollar store because that's what it is now. And they they do the the links and stuff. Like when you click on stuff, it all still works. Wow, that's crazy. Someone's paying money for this. Wow, that is <laughs> I pretty feel crazy. bad. It's pretty crazy. 
Um, okay, another uh, uh, email that we got. But and again, if you want to, um, if you want to send us emails anytime you want, it's nicktpodcast at gmail dot com. Voicemails seven seven three four one seven six nine four eight, and that's also for Magic Megaphone Message too. Uh, Mike says, "I'm listening to the latest podcast story about that understudy who slapped the shit out of you." You, you remember that story, Esmeralda? Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We just told that story. I was on stage in a play that I had co-written in, and was in, and uh, we had an understudy, and she slapped the hell out of me. She was supposed to stage slap me, but she actually slapped me and busted my ear. <laughs> and it got me wondering if you had any videos of your theater shows from years ago. Not sure if they were recorded, but they exist. I'd like to see your acting slash directing work, even if it's oh. only bits and pieces. That's Fox Valley Mike. Um, yeah, I've got a... I've got a bunch of shit. Uh, <laughs> in wow. My, I've got a bunch of, I got, I got some, well, old school DV or uh, a VHS. I've got a few of those. Mm-hmm. But I, I got a few DVDs of stuff. I've got Black and Blue. I've got Alive. I got White Trash Wedding and a Funeral. And the best one that we have is Among the Dead because that was like professionally put together and edited with the, the two nights we filmed it that it was videotaped. Mm-hmm. There were four cameras set up and it was edited together. It looks like a movie. Oh, wow. So that one is good. Yeah. And actually, the factory was selling that one for a while, Among the Dead. Um, but oh. but the one where I get slapped across the face, we did not bother. Or we did videotape it, but I don't know where it is. But, but yeah. But there, it's we have stuff. Mike, you don't want to see that shit. Trust me. <laughs> oh, the say, vinyl you, shop. I, think, I do have the vinyl shop, too. The one that I did was I based think the, on the 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 um your project for this <laughs> this weekend... Might be to edit some clips. So, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Well, um, you know, among the dead is the is. I mean, like I said, that's the one that, like, if I were going to show something to somebody, it would be that you've seen that one, right? Among the dead. Didn't I give you that uh, one? No. No. Okay. I thought Mm-mm. I because I, I know that uh, I know Tom's seen it, um, but. Yeah, but he asked for it. I mean, why? You know, so <laughs> I'm not gonna go. Hey, you want to watch? Hey, hey, you want to watch a DVD of me on stage 20 years ago? It's really cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Tom wanted to see it because it's about zombies, and you know Tom Hush loves zombies, and he's yeah. like, "Yeah, it's zombies," and I'm like, "Yeah, you should check this out." And he also saw Vinyl Shop, which was my uh, adaptation of High Fidelity that we did, and we have a video of that. But uh, no, they're not out. They're not for sale. And, and Fox Valley Mike, you don't want to see that shit. Trust me. You're all right. <laughs> You're okay. So, um, so here's the, here's the thing. Uh, we have a um, a new Zanies uh, um, uh, podcast event that we that we're having mm-hmm. in May. Yeah. You're gonna you're uh, unfortunately you're gonna be out of town. You'll be in you'll I'll be, be in, in Vegas. Vegas. <laughs> yeah, man, in Vegas. Yeah, wait, hold on. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, Amy Guth is gonna be uh, my co-host for the evening. And he is very nice. Jim Flanagan is our guest, and he is an unbelievably funny stand-up comedian, uh, one of the best in the biz, also a podcast, uh, a guy who does a podcast with uh, the very funny Pat McGann, who, by the way, played two sold-out shows at the Chicago Theater last weekend, which is amazing. Nice. Um, anyway, so May 16th, Tuesday, May 16th, you can get your tickets now, Zanies and Rosemont. We're giving stuff away. It'll be interactive, lots of fun. My dad's going to tell jokes. Uh, Rosemont.zanies.com, you can get your tickets now. Uh, and uh, Dave... Left a voicemail, and I thought I thought this kind of ties in a little bit here. But this is this is Dave. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's a fan of ours, Esmeralda. Mm-hmm. So this I just I found especially the end. You're gonna Esmeralda. It's kind of it's a nice it's a nice uh, voicemail, and then it just it's I think hilarious at the end. Okay, when he when he when he gets to the end part. 
Mm-hmm. So here we go. This is Dave. Hi, Nick. This is uh, uh, Dave. Um, listen to your uh, podcast all the time. Been to your Zany's events. Anyway, looking forward to the next one. And anyway, yeah, I went to see a group with my mom and stepdad, a group called Cashbox Kings, a blues group. And one of your fans were at the uh, at the um, Fitzgerald's nightclub where they were playing. And his name was Mike. And comes up to me and says, uh, I seen you at the Nick D podcast, and you're a Nick D fan. Small world. I just thought that was uh, cool that um, another Nick D fan was actually at an event. So he asked if I was going to the next event and told him I would be there. And he asked my mom and stepdad if they were Nick D fans. And my parents, of course, had never listened to your show. But, uh, yeah, so I thought I'd leave you that message and keep up the great work. And... Well, we'll see you soon. Take the care. ending of that just the ending of that just kills right? me. It's absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Uh, no, of course my cool. parents have no idea who you are. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> that was my favorite part. It was like really nice. It's like yeah, and then like, but I also love the fact that like Dave is like, uh, Im- can you imagine another Nick D fan out in public? You know that that game is just like. <laughs> like you can't imagine running into somebody at Fitzgerald's who you know what I mean. Like oh my yeah. god! Somebody, somebody who listens to that stupid ass podcast is going to be a you know, <laughs> is out in public. What you know? But the best part, and thank you, Dave. I appreciate that, and thank you for coming out. It means a lot, and you know, and 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 thank you to Mike, who was the guy he saw at Fitzgerald's. Thank you for coming out to the to those live yeah. events, and we love you for it. And please come out to the next one on May sixteenth at Zanies and Rosemont. But I love the thing he asked my parents <laughs> if they listen, they have no idea who. I'm amazed that like is is now the live show is almost like a little gathering. Yeah. Considering he was like, I've seen you at shows. Yeah. No, people recognize people all the time now because we get, you know, we get regulars who come out every month. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, we get other people who show up. You know, we get we get a nice sized crowd and, and who come out. Um, and, uh, you know, it's always a lot of fun. But there is a core group of people who come out every time. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, and they start recognizing each other. Like Tom Appel, who, you know, people only know audibly on my podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They reckon, like one guy was sitting next to him. They heard Tom talk and they went, Hey, are you, uh, <laughs> are you Tom Appel? The cars are, you know, like that kind of stuff. And that kind of, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> well, that's his theme are. song, his theme song. Uh, oh, uh, he's in the, the car song, czar. Yeah, in the theme song that Skaggs did, he says he's the czar of cars during the mm. theme song. So that, you know, that becomes a thing. And so, so like, people recognize each other, and it's kind of like a group. You're right. It's like, a, it's like an AA meeting. <laughs> 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 it's like Nick's Anonymous. It's an NA meeting. Um, yeah. And it's so anonymous that people at Fitzgerald's are, you know, like, no, nah, I've never heard of this guy before. <laughs> but anyway, I thought that was pretty. I thought that was really fun. The last part of that just kills me. Yeah, I asked. He asked my parents. They were like, "I have no idea what you're talking about." <laughs> Porter That's knows fine. me better. Porter knows me better than the other people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah Porter God. just hears the vibrations. That's it. He just feels those. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. What do you do during the weekend with Porter? You just like. Uh, I mean, you just regular. Just you hang out. 
Just hang out? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He is still a dog. <laughs> right. That's right. Okay. That's right. Does he chew furniture and stuff? Does, uh, no. No, he's no. older, so he doesn't. Yeah, he's past that now. He's, 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 yeah, he's relaxed, chill. Yeah. He mainly sits on the couch, and then the couch is against the windows in the front room. Yeah. So he essentially sits up on the wi- at the windows and stares out into the world. Yeah, you know, you, the more you and tell me... And sometimes sees things and barks at them. <laughs> you know, you, the more that you tell me about... Uh, the more that you tell me about Porter, the more that I think he is my spirit animal. Uh, I, I, <laughs> he's sitting on the yeah, couch. Yeah, he just hangs out. He just yeah. hangs out. Yeah, I like him. I like Porter. Anyway. All right. So uh, we had to catch up. We wanted to catch up a little bit on that. I do have a magic megaphone. Are you ready for the magic megaphone? This will mm-hmm. be a quick one. Yeah. Uh, Natalie sent us, uh, you know, a request for the magic megaphone. Again, I am your monkey. I will do whatever you want. I will say anything you want me to say into the voicemail or into the uh, megaphone. Uh, and you can send your request to nickdpodcast at gmail.com or 773-417-6948. All right, here it is. Natalie sent this, and this is, and I will explain it after I play it. Here we go. Here's the megaphone. Wait, hold on. Uh, what, what the hell? Okay, here we go. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Hey, Google Map app. Get with it. Hey, Google Map app. So, hey, Google Map app. So, yeah. Get with it. So, it has. Hey, All right. Okay. Um, now, you have the Google Map app. I think everybody does, right? Yes. Yes. Um, do you ever want to scream, hey, Google Map app, get with it? Um, you know, I'm actually quite happy with it for the most part. Me too. Uh, <laughs> I, have to say, I don't know what advanced things. She's doing with her Google Maps. Well, I, I'm not going to read it. It was a pretty long email. N- Natalie writes us a lot of emails, and she's awesome. She's great. She's a very, very passionate, and she loves the the podcast. And I think she's been out to Zany's as well. Oh, and nice. she sent the. Does she, she sent, does she have a at least like a maybe an example of why? Well, yes. The, in her email, it goes on for a while. But in her email, essentially, it, I, it, she won um, a dinner f- at, at Gale Street Inn. At one mm-hmm. of our at one of our events, which we give away, at another reason for you to come yes. out to you know yeah. Zanies is that you'll get like Prizes. apt electronic gift cards, and you'll get like Gale mm-hmm. Street Inn dinners and stuff like that. Um, and so she won it, and she was trying to find. She's not from the city, so mm-hmm. she used Google Maps to find Gale Street Inn, which is located, you know, on Milwaukee, in um, Rogers Park, uh, Rogers Park, Jefferson Park, uh- in Jefferson Park. <laughs> yes. Sorry, Jesus, in Jefferson Park. It's right mm-hmm. across the street mm-hmm. from the CTA station, the Blue Line stop and the, all the buses and yep. stuff. It's right across the street. Very centrally located, right in the heart of the beautiful uh, Jefferson Park neighborhood. And she's mm-hmm. not familiar. Natalie is not from Chicago, so she used Google Maps and got, and got lost. Oh, trying, no. Trying to get to Gale Street. And that's why she was angry at the Google, at Google app map. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I will say sometimes it uh, takes you funny ways and things mm-hmm. like that where you're just like, why? Why would I go through there? <laughs> yeah. No, it does. Some, uh, of, some of them are weird. But it's also like, let me say, let me do. I will say this. I can understand her anger and frustration because if you're trying to get to Gale Street and you can't, that would make me angry. Right. Because <laughs> like, you want to eat ribs. Exactly right. <laughs> so the sooner I can, I can eat ribs. Yes. The happier I will be. Exactly. The sooner I get to Gale Street Inn, the happier I'm going to be because it's the greatest restaurant yeah. on the planet. 
But anyway, Natalie, first of all, she ended up going to Gale Street, had fantastic food. It was wonderful, but it was hard to get there because she couldn't find the place because the Google, Google Map app let her down. And that's oh. why she said, Hey, Google Map app, get with it. So that's why she wanted me hey, to Google. say that. So there you go. Well, you know, sometimes these, these big old apps need to get checked. You mean like, uh, you know, like check yourself, Google. Oh, Maps. I see. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I was, I, I, I got it. Now I got it. I was first saying check. Like, okay, what do we have to do? We have to go in and get a tech guy in there. And uh, oh no, I mean like, hey, Google Maps. Check yourself. Yeah, check yourself. Yes. Before you wreck yourself. <laughs> before you go ahead and wreck yourself. You don't want to wreck yourself. And maybe to uh, check for updates. Yeah, <laughs> that might be something to do before you go. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, it, it's funny because like she was trying to get to Gale Street Inn and the Google Map app sent her. I don't know how that. Oh, happened. no. <laughs> also a lovely place, but, you oh, know. But yes, absolutely. Yes, but you when won't you find Gale go. Street. You, Gale Street Inn is not in, uh, it's, it, it, Gale Street Inn is Berwyn. not in Berwyn. Not in Berwyn. It's not in Berwyn. It's in Jefferson Park. So, uh, there you go. All right. Are anyway. those cars in Berwyn? Are those what? Or is that an Aurora? Where, the, the car, car uh, No, they're, that's gone. The cars on the, the, the cars, the, the cars on the spindle thing, on the spike. Yeah. That was It in was Aurora. always in Berwyn though, right? No, 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 no. I believe that was in Aurora. Oh, no, it's in Berwyn. Is it? And I think yes. I think it's gone now, though, if I'm not mistaken. It's called the Berwyn Spindle. It is was demolished. It oh, yes, wow. it's gone. Okay, so it was Berwyn. Okay, why did I think That's it was Aurora? Really sad. I don't know why I thought it was Aurora, but because it's... um I believe they show it in Wayne's World. Oh shit. Okay, yeah, maybe so then you, subconsciously. So then I think the assumption yeah. is that yeah. yeah, it's in Aurora. God, why I would remember that from that goddamn movie, I don't know why, but yeah, okay, I guess. That, yeah, because actually, one of the questions. One of the questions in, um, you know, when you do searches and the people also ask, uh, where is the stack of cars from Wayne's World? <laughs> oh, I see. I see. But yeah, okay. no, you are correct. They, they, this it, what, is, I, that's really depressing. It was gone, demolished. Yeah. I remember it was, it was demolished a few years back. Uh, wow. Yeah. How did no one buy it? It said um, it was demolished after a failed attempt to sell it on eBay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know who could put that where, but. I'm yeah. amazed that nobody in the Chicagoland area, you know, if you can, it. if if you can move, you know, the Statue of Liberty from France to America, I think you can move a stack of cars from Aurora or from Berwyn to someplace else. I think you can do. No, that. No, but I'm amazed that like nobody, <laughs> nobody bought it. No, I know. I know. I'm, just, I'm like, just, but I'm in my head. I'm like that is to me such a such a like a. That's iconic. Not a Chicago thing, but it's very yeah. iconic. I'm amazed that nobody, yeah. nobody jumped at the chance to. Well, you know, the 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 Indian guy is still up. Uh, he's got arrows right. in his back and stuff, the muffler. Uh, <laughs> but there are several Native American dudes like that because that was the thing, you know, back when you could just like offensively put up Indians everywhere, <laughs> you know. And so like this was like he was a muffler. Remember he was like a muffler guy? And then like he now he's like, mm -hmm. I think. Now I think he's holding glasses because it's a, an op. An op yeah, uh, it's an optometrist now. It's an optometrist place now. So he's like, I think the Indian is holding a pair of glasses or something now. Yeah. And our and our old friend who used to listen to me on the overnights used to shoot arrows into his back. 
because he'd get drunk and he'd go out and shoot his bow and arrow. He'd shoot arrows into the back of the the actual giant Indian. Yeah, and he yeah, he's yeah. still there. That guy's still there. Now, do you remember the giant Frankenstein in on the Indiana border? Uh, no. You should look. You should Google it. It was a place think. called. It was a place called Frankenstein with the N. Frankenstein, oh, wow. and you could get hot dogs and beer. So you could get a Stein and a Frank. So that's oh, okay. why it was called Frankenstein. And they had a giant Frankenstein monster with a, a beer, a Stein of beer in one hand and a hot dog in the other. And when I was a kid, I was obsessed with this place. Like, I wanted to go there, and we went there in Indiana. Oh, it's, um, wait, is this the same thing? It's I think it's Indiana closed Beach. now. Yeah, Indi- I think so. It's in Indiana. Frankenstein. You could just, like, Google Google image it, and you'll see what it. What happened a, to that place, by the way? It's gone. And, and, but Indiana when I, Beach. Yeah, that's still around. Remember it, the crow? Yeah, the cr- <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think, was it a crow? Yeah, it was a crow, yeah. wasn't it? I thought it was, it was a crow wearing an no, old timey. A... Uh, Did he have like a Hawaiian a shirt? Didn't he have? Yeah, like he was a whole... wearing. No, I think he was wearing like an old timey outfit. Here, let's see. What, so, but but Frankenstein. Uh, yeah, he was a crow. The he was icon- a crow wearing an old timey uh, bathing suit. Oh, ba- oh, right. Okay, he's wearing a bathing an old timey bathing suit. Right. Okay. All right. But uh, but yeah, it, but Indiana Beach was classic. Um, I never went. Oh, it was. I just it was, remember the, I remember the uh, the commercials. Yeah. Again, Indiana Beach. Right. That's exactly right. <laughs> but yeah, have you now? Have you do, has a picture of Frankenstein shown up yet? On your. Uh, I I saw there's a a Frankenstein. Frank- there was a logo. Yeah, there should I be a picture of the of the giant Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Frank, like you know, with the N, Frankenstein. Uh, Indiana. If you Google that picture, image-wise, it should pop up, and then you'll see it's like a giant. Oh, here we go. Oh, wow. Yeah. You see him? Yeah. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. They're just very large. Giant. You know what I mean? Like the drinks, the drink and the hot dog are giant, but that makes sense. He's, yeah. He would have food. Yeah. Uh, appropriately sized for him. And and you know my obsession as well as since birth for for horror and monsters and shit. Yeah. And when I was a little kid, my parents took me there, and I thought I was in heaven. I literally was like, "This is I'm. This is the greatest place I've ever." Now, when you went in, yeah, was it all like there's Frankenstein? There was, not really, but Frankensteiny. You know what I mean? Like it's just, <laughs> it's just, it was just mostly the Frankenstein monster. Um, you know, like it, there's no Draculas or anything like that. It was, not, it was just, you know, just a takeoff on the Frankenstein monster. Mm. So. Okay. But yeah, yeah no. So that unfortunately, was... that whole thing is gone. It's gone. Yeah. The building yeah. has yep. uh, been recycled as a professional building. Oh no. But that would so be cool. Even the though. restaurant do... is completely gone. Where is your? Where are your offices? My offices are where Frankenstein used to be. You son remember of a bitch. when the? Remember that uh, Frankenstein <laughs> statue? Yeah. That's <laughs> yep, right there. There's a picture of me. I, my parents have it somewhere. There's a picture of me next to that thing. Well, they took mm-hmm. it like across the road. They took the picture. Oh, wow. Because you wanted the whole thing. Right? I wanted all of Frankenstein. I wanted Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. I wanted the whole Frankenstein monster in there. And I'm standing. And, you know, I mean, you see how big it is. That's a goddamn giant thing. It's a giant yeah. statue. 
Yeah. And so me, little me, and I was probably about eight or nine or something like that. So I was probably three feet tall, you know, <laughs> standing at the base of this thing. And there's a picture of me and my parents have it somewhere. And I'm telling you, I think it's the happiest picture I've ever taken in my life. Was like, <laughs> was like that I be- could imagine. It was the happiest picture I've ever taken until I was between Jamie Lee Curtis and Catherine Bigelow. That was the other. Right. That was when I reached that zenith again. Um, but yeah, no. But it's that kinda, fr- did you ever get to go to the? Because um, didn't didn't they have all the monsters at one of the the theme parks for a minute? Yeah, they had. Well, they, like Universal Studios. I've never. I mean, Universal Studios was. I was an adult by the time Universal Studios opened. Yeah, well, it's not like you um, don't like horror. No, I do, still. but I don't. I you know I do love horror, but I don't want to. I mean, Universal Studios to me is like well, that'll be four hundred dollars. Thank you. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Like, True. I mean, you know, I love Back to the Future, but I'm not going to go on the fucking ride and spend nine hundred dollars. You know, because I. But you're yeah. not going to go to Universal Studios and go look. At I, I yeah. I mean, I monster guess monster things. I, I don't you know, know what but, they do there. <laughs> no, they but no, but they do. I mean, it's, I mean, Universal Studios. I'm sure it's fantastic because there's a ton of amazing movies that came out of Universal that they have rides for and attractions, and I love all that stuff. But that's a. I mean, it's a pretty penny, man. I mean, you're going to drop yeah. a lot of money. And I right now also, don't have, I don't, I don't have any of that anymore. stuff right now. The the uh, the monster. Yeah, I would think that they maybe have. Moved no, they've on. moved on. I mean, right now it's all like <laughs> Avatar and shit. Everything is Avatar. You go there now and it's all fucking Avatar. You know what I mean? And I hate that movie. So, um, like you know, yeah, you go to a it lot looks of these, like, like uh, it looks friendlier. There doesn't seem to be. Yeah. Any kind of. I used to, I'll like tell you Transformers this. Transformers and. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. Exactly right. Transformers and Avatar. And then both of those movies suck, you know. Um, but the, th- the thing is, I remember when I was a kid, we went to Disney World in Florida. Have you ever been to mm-hmm. either of them? Have you been to Disney World? Uh, I went to, when I was a, a small child to the uh, California one. To get Disneyland. I had a cousin who worked there, so we got in. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Well, see, that's yeah. that's the way to do it. Like, if you got an in. Because you're going to drop a fucking ton of money if you go to those places. You know what I mean? Like, a ton. Yeah. Um, and when I went, it was like the second year it was open, or maybe the year it was open. So we're talking like 1972. That's how long ago it was. Mm-hmm. So I was a little kid. Um, and we went. And I remember, for me, The Haunted Mansion was the best. Now they got another movie version mm. of it coming out. They got another movie version. Oh, really? Of the, yeah, they got another movie of the Haunted Mansion coming out. Uh, like they didn't learn their lesson enough from the Eddie Murphy version. What's that? They did? <laughs> um, but they got a new version coming out. But anyway, Haunted Mansion. Did they have Haunted Mansion when you went? In, in, do they have it in Disneyland? Oh, I couldn't tell you. Okay. Well, Haunted Mansion was, was like my favorite. Four. <laughs> it was my favorite. I had the album because there was an album that you could have when you were a kid. So I had the record mm-hmm. and I would listen to it. And it was, you know, ghost-related and monster-related. So I loved it. Yeah. And, and I remember that was my favorite thing about Disney World. I remember I loved it. And and when you're in the the little vehicle, you know how you sit in a, the whatever it is, the vehicle, and you pull, the, you know, pull the bar down across your lap so you don't fall out, that kind of shit? Mm-hmm. As you ride through it, you go past a mirror at the end. So you go through the entire Haunted Mansion. And at the end, your little vehicle that you're in goes past a mirror. And when you look in the mirror, there's a ghost sitting next to you. So, like, one of the ghosts is actually sitting next to you when you look in the mirror, even though there's no one next to you. Ooh. And it's, it was, I remember that being the coolest thing ever. And there's a ghost. If you look up Haunted Mansion, like, Disney, there's a ghost that had, and I don't remember any of the details, but there's, like, a fat ghost with a top hat. He's like a he's like a ghoul. 
He's like a uh, ghoul. Like if you Google it, Google like Haunted Mansion, Disney Haunted Mansion or whatever. And like whatever, like the fat ghoul with like, he look, I guess he's a ghoul of some kind. He's green skinned. He's got long hair and like a top hat. Um, and he was my favorite character in the Haunted Mansion story that Disney put out on the album and stuff. And he ended up mm-hmm. being the dude sitting next to me. I remember when oh, I was wow. a kid, we went to, I was like, looked at it, I was like, oh, it's the dude with the top hat and teeth. And, you know, so. It's from my songs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I just remember that. And I remember you go into the Haunted Mansion when you were first walked in, the room stretched. So you'd, you'd walk in and suddenly the walls would stretch up and they would get bigger and like the paintings would expand. And I remember thinking that was mm-hmm. the coolest goddamn thing I've ever seen. Like I walked into the room and all the pictures stretched up and the room got taller. Interesting. Yeah. That's all I remember about that. And we went to a haunted house. I told this story before, uh, Esmeralda, mm-hmm. on that trip to Florida because we drove to Florida for that trip. My, my parents and my cousins and my aunt, we drove to Florida. And on the way down to Disney World, we stopped at a roadside haunted house. Oh, right. And it scared yeah, the shit out of Yeah, we looked it up of, and it was, yeah, 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 it was still kind yeah. of there, but not really. And people remember <laughs> it because it was the scariest mm-hmm. fucking thing I've ever been through in my life. I mean, it still traumatized my mom. My mom, it's just like fucking 50 years ago. And my mom's still <laughs> like, I don't can't talk about it. I can't, you know, it was like a roadside. We mm. went on a lark. You know, it's like, you yeah. know, how you stop off and see like the biggest ball of twine when you're driving. Mm-hmm. This was mm-hmm. like, hey, haunted house. And we saw these things, uh, ro- roadside signs. My dad's like, hey, let's go to the haunted house. You like horror. And we were all like fucking traumatized. You by like the end scary of it. things. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, so apparently they are opening a epic. It's called a Universal's Epic Universe theme park mm-hmm. where they will have. A classic monsters like land there'll be oh, a, no. a section oh no um and it's but it's not opening until the summer of 2025 okay so i got a few years to make money so you got some time <laughs> <laughs> i got a few years to start earning money uh yeah but, you got okay. some time but it's all yeah it's supposed to be all the classic <laughs> monsters well i'm going to that yeah okay i will go to that because universal obviously universal as you know esmeralda owns all the rights to the great monsters um, and yeah. even this, the new uh, Nicolas Cage movie, Renfield, that's a universal movie because they, mm-hmm. they actually go back and reenact scenes from the original Bela Lugosi movie mm. in Renfield. And you have to get nice. permission from Universal to do that because they own all of those universal monster movies, all of them. Yeah. You got the Frankenstein monster, you got the Wolfman, you got Dracula, you got the Invisible Man, uh, uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Those are all... So your name, by the way, I believe might be copywritten by Universal. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Great. I'm not sure. (laughs) You might be able to tie in with them. You should call up Universal and go, you know, my real name is Esmeralda. You ought to cut me a check. I'll make appearances. Yeah. I'm I'll sh- go out. I'm sh- they would love that. I'll go out and bring They'd water. Be way to the- into it. I'll go out and bring water to the guy who's chained to the thing. I'll do that. That's no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that. But yeah. So but so 2025, the Universal Monster. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, it was expected. It was expected to be open this year. Yeah. COVID. But unfortunately, yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess you know. COVID. Building stuff and yeah. things like that, but it's the it's supposed to be a theme. A, the theme is a, essentially like a European village. 
That's well. So it's there you be go. Kind of like Frankenstein. So are, are we required? To, are we required as members of walking through? Are we required to carry torches and pitchforks? Is that? Is that, is that <laughs> they they give you on arrival. Yeah, you get a, a pitchfork. <laughs> you get a. <laughs> you get a. <laughs> and, uh, Every you get, you, they'll have like the timed thing. Right. Where, yeah. The, mo- certain, the angry and, mob. Yeah, angry. You get. You get. You, you walk in. You get a torch and a pitchfork, and certain guys get a dead daughter that they can carry. That they can carry. <laughs> There's no parade. Uh, it's oh, this. It's, it's every, that. It's, every yeah. so many <laughs> times the during the day. Yeah. You go chase. <laughs> they have to Frankenstein uh, oddly, with the mob. Oddly, when they close at night, they have to rebuild the entire village for the next day, because the yeah. Mo- because they burn down, and you get to carry your wet debt, your you know your wet uh, dead daughter around too. Uh, cool. So, yeah. Oh, <laughs> It'll, yeah, it's gonna be great. That sounds fantastic. Um, but yeah, 2025. <laughs> all right, I'm there. All right. Well, all right. Well, uh, all right. Well, that was fun. Uh, say say hi to Porter for me over the weekend, okay? Isn't I it? will. I or will. sign sign hello to Porter for me. I mean, he doesn't know hello. I actually, when I first met him, I was I asked him, I'm like, is there like a sign language for goodbye? And he's like, you just kind of leave. You leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, all oh, right, he is still a dog. Right. He well, you can at least may, maybe like when you're leaving, you can do the go to sleep thing. You can put the hands together in a little thing, and then. Well, no, but then you have to. You, oh, that's then you the got to go through that's the whole, a whole thing. thing, the whole process, it's a whole oh. to do. Yeah, you don't want to do that. And and if he doesn't, if he's not into it, he's just like, uh huh, no. Well, what if you like? <laughs> what if you do that? What if you do that? Like, say you want to, you, you if you want to fuck with Porter a little bit, and it's like two o'clock in the afternoon, and then you do the, the. Well, let's he go also to bed makes thing. his own decisions. He's just like, no, yeah. no, it's two Mm-mm. o'clock. I'm not going to bed. I, I know better. The light is still exactly. out. It's, it's not dark out. I'm not. All right. He's like, I am not sleepy. All right. I'm looking forward to a to a. A picture of Porter in action. That's what I want to see. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, you have a lovely weekend, Esmeralda. Um, you too. And you're going to have a day off because the next time uh, we meet here on the Nick D podcast, it is a For the People episode. Ah, okay. So Tom Appel Got and her boys bomb will join me, and then I will Got talk to you. It. The next time we speak will be a week from today, at least mm-hmm. when we speak on the show. And yes. We'll, okay. All right. <laughs> Not in real life, but whatever. <laughs> All right. All right, Ezra. Thank you very much. Thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, you guys are the best. And again, come on out to Zanies and meet us and hang out. And uh, your parents who don't know me, maybe you can bring them. Uh, <laughs> Zanies in Rosemont, May 16th. Rosemont.zanies.com. Get your tickets now. Jim Flanagan, Amy Guth will be there as well. Uh, my thanks to everybody for listening. Jason Skaggs for all the music, Ed and everybody. Please take the time to rate and review us on every platform. Voicemail us, 773-417-6948. Email us, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. And we will see you next time on the Nick D Podcast. Thanks. The wind is right on me.